this is Tosha and you're tuning into the Supernova Tosha Show podcast, the show that addresses social issues and how it affects our community. Today, uh, we have a very serious topic and, um, you know, I hope that uh, after you listen to the show or view the show, that you can have a conversation with your children, um, with your other half, uh, if you're co-parenting, however you do this. Um, this is a very, very serious and very important topic. So today we're going to be discussing um, extortion, satanic, pedophilic cults. So we all know that there are um, a lot of cults out there. Um, but I was surprised to know that there are specific cults that target children. So um, with that being said, I, you know, went to work and uh, watched as many videos as I could and uh, read as much as I could to gather some information to bring to you. Um, so it is important to acknowledge that the experience and challenges faced by young people today may differ from those of previous generations like ourselves. And while it is true that societal changes have brought about new issues and concerns, it is crucial to approach these topics with sensitivity and understanding. It is essential for adults who are involved in lives of children, such as educators, if you're a caregiver, mentor, parents, aunts, uncles, um, be vigilant and monitor their online activities. You want to ensure their safety and the well-being. Of, that is the utmost importance. Now, while there have been reports of uh, disturbing online activities involving minors, it is crucial to rely on verified information from reputable sources. If you do come across any concerning content or suspect illegal activities, it is advisable to report it to the appropriate authorities. According to sources familiar with investigations, there is a group known as 764. Um, it has been found to have a large network of consist consisting of several thousands of participants, including hundreds of highly active members. These individuals are primarily responsible for creating and sharing a significant amount of child pornography and violent videos within the group's channels on platforms such as Telegram, Discord, and Matrix. Um, so similar to other extremist organizations, um, similar to other, excuse me, <clears throat> extremist organizations operating online, this 764 has members located worldwide, including individuals from the UK and also Germany. In connection to the group, there are suspicions that a German teenager who was currently accused of murdering his foster parents in Romania may have been involved in 764. This information has been reported by Der Spiegel and the Romanian outlet called uh, Liber Libertati, uh, Libertati, so L-I-B-E-R-T-A-T-A-E. -A -A -E. I hope I'm saying it right, but Libertati, and this is where I got this information from. The FBI became aware of an individual named Almeida, um, 
through an anonymous tipster who flagged his social media accounts. These accounts contain disturbing images depicting violence against children and animals. One of the posts expressed support for Dylan Roof. Um, here in the States, uh, a lot of people are familiar with that name, Dylan Roof. He is a white supremacist who is responsible for the 2015 massacre of the African-American churchgoers in Charleston. Um, another post showed Almeida posting shirtless with a shotgun, wearing a skull mask, and carrying cross um, bottleers of uh, rifle ammunition. In the background, there was a flag featuring the symbol of the Order of Nine Angels. During a search of Almeida's apartment in New York, investigators discovered a 9mm handgun, um, bandoliers of rifle ammunition, and books related to the Order of Nine Angels, and a flag displaying the insignia of an American offshoot of the... Um, it's the uh, 09A called the Temple of Blood. These findings were detailed in a November 2021 detention memorandum filed by the federal prosecutors. One significant item discovered was the um, 09A Blood of Covenant that included a drawing of a hooded figure with glowing red eyes. Uh, and it's, it was smeared um, with blood. The drawing was surrounded by sigils re, um, representing four uh, 09A deities, which is Vindex, Nithra, Satan, and Abuda. At the bottom of the page, there was an oath written. The oath reads like this. A covenant signed in blood. May the devil walk with you always. Satane manibus, which is S-A-T-A-N-A-E. And the second word is manibus, M-A-N-I-B-U-S, which translates to by Satan's hand in Latin. Whew. My Lord. Uh, similar evidence has been found in the possession of individuals influenced by O9A who were involved in criminal activities in both Britain and also in Canada. So when I say it's worldwide, we're talking worldwide. As I begin exploring this topic, I must admit that I can experience a sense of unease. Um, it does seem as though uh, I am delving into a realm associated with entities that embody unspeakable evil. Um, it's deplorable, it's wickedness, and the unimaginable horror, which you know are typically only encountered in fictional accounts. So to alleviate my discomfort, um, <laughs> I literally had to grab my Bible. I had to anoint my head with oil and um, just pray over some water and sip some water while I continue to um, go through my research. Uh, I, you know, I, I would even, I would have preferred to like have a conversation and maybe do some research on someone who's an atheist and, um, you know, that, that not that I'm trying to be judgmental of people, but I I have friends who are atheists. Um, I would say acquaintances, really, because um, my close friends are people who, you know, I have the same um, 
affiliations with the same interests and um, the same as far as um, religion, not maybe the same religion, but the same um, deity. Right. So I, as in, you know, people that I know that are atheists, I mean, I associate with them, but um, that's pretty much it. So I would have much rather just have a conversation or even research something about an atheist than to delve into this um, deplorable wickedness. Um, so I had mentioned uh, prior the Order of Nine Angels, which is the ONA. Um, you want to know who they are? Well, um, they are a group founded in the UK. I've never heard of them before. So I wanted to find out, um, you know, and kind of just relay the information as I'm going through. But they are a group that was founded in the UK in the 1970s. So they've been around for quite some time. Um, it what it's uh, gained attention from law enforcement and has been linked to recent UK terrorism um, prosecutors involving um, involving extreme right wing ideologies. While the group idolizes the Nazi era and follows a calendar based on Adolf Hitler's birth, its belief system. Um, extends beyond typical right-wing extension. The ONA aims to undermine what it perceives as, you know, um, as a Judeo-Christian society and seeks to establish a new imperial civilization based upon a combination of Darwinism, Satanism, and fascism. Um, actually, it's social Darwinism. So social Darwinism um, is a theory that states that people's individuals and groups are subject to the same Dar Darwinian laws of natural selection as plants and animals based in the 19th and early 20th century to justify racism and also justify imperialism. So... Um, <laughs> Adherents are, you know, they're very much encouraged to infiltrate organizations like the military or sometimes even Christian churches. Um, they covertly uh, try to destabilize them from within. So uh, the ONA operates through a decentralized network of associated bodies across various countries with individuals progressing through hierarchical ranks and undertaking tasks to prove their leadership abilities. It is important to note that the ONA rejects ethics and some of its key texts discuss ritual sacrifices, both symbolic and also actual. The group has been linked to a case involving a 16-year-old British boy who became the youngest person convicted of planning a terror attack in the UK. Prosecutors argued that he was influenced by the ONA and sought to align himself with their literature as evidenced by his drawing of the group symbol and um, an instruction um, in order to shed empathy. In court, the organization was described as self-consciously, ex explicitly um, malevolent and uh, most prominent and recognizable link between Satanism and the extreme right. Additionally, the ONA's association with um, the Sonner Creek Division, which glorifies sexual violence, it also highlights another 
Disturbing aspect related to the group, the use of sexual offending as the means to undermine social norms. So basically, a lot of these groups, what they're doing, they are online um, with these um, social media platforms that the younger kids use, such as um, um, uh, the ones that, ones that I had mentioned before. Um, gosh. Especially Roblox, they they use that game, uh, Roblox, um, and then uh, they have uh, Telegram. That's one of the online platforms. So what they do is they, you know, they they get to the young people and um, they convince them to do things and make these videos, and then they blackmail them, um, saying that they'll expose them, they'll uh, show the videos, and so um, the young people end up committing just like heinous acts to themselves because they're basically afraid. Now, um, in my head, I had uh, my own ideology of what a Satanist, um, what a Satanist looks like, um, the values of a Satanist. Um, just, you know, um, I grew up uh, with uh, Marilyn Manson. So when I think of a Satanist, I'm thinking that's the appearance and, um, you know, the, the mannerisms of a Satanist. So um, I'm definitely not an expert on the religion, the movement, the lifestyle, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but, you know, I have a video that shows someone who belongs to a satanic temple and um this clip i want you to watch so that it, for me i was taken aback because this this man looks so normal he looks like one of my next door neighbors um so it, i was really taken aback by it so i want to show you this video and kind of just listen to his views on satanism um and how you know they can quickly infiltrate into any church into um uh into the military so i'm gonna go ahead and roll this video so you can look and listen let's uh, roll that video <laughs> If I walked into the Satanic Temple, I'm assuming that there is a building, the Satanic Temple, is it? Is, yeah? Correct. Okay. In, in Salem, Massachusetts. If, if, if I walked in there, if I walk into any other uh, place of uh, worship, uh, there'll probably be a sign, well, sort of almost their mission statement that I would, I would uh, be welcome to. What would be, in a sentence, the mission statement of the Satanic Temple as I walk through those doors? Uh, we don't have a mission statement on the doors, right. but anybody's welcome to come in. It's set up more like an art gallery where people can come in on their own and tour through. Um, but the simple kind of elevator pitch for the Satanic Temple is that we're a non-theistic religion in opposition to arbitrary authority. Uh, we align ourselves against the rising theocratic movement, uh, particularly in the United States today. And we have a set of affirmative values we feel that are in line with that kind of rejection of arbitrary authority and, and tyrannical motions that we see mm. being enacted. Is, is this what uh, Satanism has always been about? Because if you ask some people out there, what's, you know, actually before I even looked into this today, I mean, I would have had sort of all kinds of views about what Satanism is, actually devil worshipping and, and actually probably stuff you don't really want to get involved in. Have we had it wrong all this time? Has it always been about what you've just, what you've just described? Well, I think there's been a kind of concept of what Satanism could be ever since Milton. And Milton imagined Satan as this ultimate rebel against tyranny, 
and that's the kind of mythological construct that we use. It's very, uh, it can be very shocking and be seen as offensive to a lot of people, but uh, to a lot of us who embrace it and identify with it, it's not merely to shock and offend. We grew up in a Judeo-Christian culture and we began to question some of the superstitious norms that were being imposed upon us. Like? Th these notions of, uh, of the impending apocalypse, uh, the, re the return of Jesus, the, the fact that there's, uh, that there's biblical fiats that ban people from gay marriage or abortion. In other As we're seeing currently in Alabama just two weeks ago, right, in right. America, essentially, that there is a, a law which says there should be sort of freedom of religion and, and equality of religious expressions. But you're saying that actually Christianity dominates the law, dominates social construct views. And so you're trying to counter that dominance. Right. Well, on paper, as a constitutional republic, we're a pluralistic nation, a secular nation that respects religious liberty. We're supposed to be premised on religious liberty. And what we're finding now is there's a theocratic movement to redefine religious liberty to mean that a specific religious viewpoint is allowed to encroach its will mm. upon the rest of the population. And how are you received, you know, when you go out and you presumably you, you take a stand, you, you know, you do you protest or whatever you do? I mean, are you vilified? Are you demonized because of the name of the church? Things are getting more and more polarized as time goes on in the United States. And as that happens, uh, a lot more people seem to understand what we're doing and embrace it. And a lot more people get more violently opposed to what we're doing to the point where you see in the climactic scene at the end of the uh, film, I'm speaking at a rally and it's found necessary that I should wear a bulletproof vest because we're getting death threats from uh, the Ku Klux Klan, some neo-Nazi organizations and other kind of Christian supremacist groups. Of course, nobody took a shot, but that's kind of what wow. we deal with. Mm. by. But so all this, all, all this started as a, initially was it just a stunt? I mean, Rick Scott, who's a Florida governor, he'd signed a law which basically was saying that, you know, encouraging more inspirational messages to be read in schools. And that the thought was what that was really about was encouraging Christ, teaching of Christianity. Now, initially, you, what you began was just a stunt in reaction to that. I mean, is that right? I, actually, I was kind of consulting on a stunt and I was somebody who authentic, authentically identified already as a Satanist and this resonated for me, but it wasn't something I'm wanted to do publicly uh, mm. because it kind of puts the target on you. So some friends of mine were doing a film project and they wanted to kind of exploit this idea of an alternative religious voice trying to gain the same access and privileges that were being demanded by uh, Christians. And so Satanism seemed the obvious thing because I had an expertise in that and then it grew into what it is now. Mm. Now, but the thing is, you know, there'll be people out there who are Christians out there. Well, you know, the you know, Christian religion teaches good things. It teaches good morals. It teaches a good way of being. So why are you uh, opposing that? Sometimes it does. And another thing that you don't see in the film is that at the final climactic rally, that was actually an interfaith rally that we put together. And there were Christian ministers speaking before I came on the stage. And they knew they'd be standing with our monument, the Baphomet monument, and they knew I was the headlining speaker, but they still understood the value in what we were doing. They understood the value of making sure that the government remains neutral insofar as religious viewpoint is concerned. 
And to that end, they supported what we were doing, even though they might mm. not embrace the symbolic structure mm. we use. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Here we have a debate that going on in, 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 in the UK about sort of the teaching of, of, of things in school, whether it's about, you know, um, homosexuality or re multi-relationships between people and certain religious groups are opposed to that. Are you saying that actually the answer is not necessarily to ban religious teaching or any kind of teaching like that in schools, but to encourage all kinds, have, have you know, plurality of, of teachings of thought, of thoughts and beliefs within schools? Right. Uh, there you would have to question whose freedom is actually being imposed upon. Is mm. it the freedom for uh, children to learn all points of views or the freedom of uh, certain religious parents to say they don't want their children exposed to certain materials? And it kind of goes back to our fight for putting our monument next to a Ten Commandments monument mm. on the public grounds. Mm. We were never asking for exclusive access. What we were saying was so long as you have one religious monument privately donated on public lands, you need to accept other religious monuments okay. as well. And, and we didn't even want ours there if another religious monument was and, there. And, and calling your movement, is it more of a movement rather than religion, I guess, using the word Satan, that is a, that is a brilliant way of being noticed, is it? I mean, you could call yourself something else, couldn't you? But it, it's such a provocative word. Actually, I don't feel we could call ourselves something else. We're not theistic, so we don't believe in a personal Satan, but it's still deeply meaningful to us, having grown up in Judeo-Christian culture. And this kind of sociopolitical counter-myth resonates for us in a way that's unique, that we couldn't choose arbitrarily another character. It wouldn't resonate for us as strongly. Uh, some of us came out of superstition ourselves and found it very liberating to be able to embrace the blasphemous not just to offend other people, but to be liberated from superstition ourselves. So you're also science-based, so you sort of believe in facts and science that you can touch and see and believe in that sense. Right, and, and a lot of people kind of question okay. whether a non-theistic religion can really be considered a religion as such. Religion. But so long as you allow certain privileges and exemptions for religions to only allow those for groups that believe in some superstition. Do you have rituals? You know, religions have rituals, don't you? know, I'm a Sikh, you go in, you bow down, you cover your head, you take your shoes off. Right. You go into a mosque, you do other things. Do you, ha do you have rituals in the... In your rituals have kind of naturally developed within the satanic temple and it's interesting to so see what would i have it. to do like to come in like well it, it kind of goes along with our kind of anti-authoritarian philosophy where most of the rituals enacted by our different chapters and various groups are very much creative performance art pieces oh. and often created just for the moment and for specific events right. Okay. Right, okay. Uh, Lucian Greaves, thank you very much and good luck uh, with the movie. Hail Satan will be released on August the 23rd and the film will be closing the Sundance Film Festival in London this Sunday. Well, so uh, that was the POV uh, point of view of Mr. Uh, Greaves. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking um, he's just capping because he wants his film to do well um because he's i don't know the way that he comes across as if he's um it was a joke it was i i don't i, I don't know i don't know about this guy but anyway um i just he looks like some guy like you would see walking across college campus in the in a theater group and uh, he's studying to be a thespian, and this is, you know, this is his way of uh, bringing attention to uh, his acting chops or what have you. But in any case, 
he identifies as a Satanist and uh, this started out as some kind of a prank and now he's just gone with it. He's getting recognition. Um, I don't know. He probably has um, an online presence and making money from it. I I don't know. But um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to show a point of view of someone that I would never think would be a Satanist. Like if I was a professor in a college, I, this is how the kids look to me. That's how they dress. Or, you know, he looks like um, someone who, I don't know, sells life insurance. I, he just, <laughs> anywho, it could be your neighbor. It could be the guy working as a barista at Starbucks. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as a parent, it, it can be confusing and overwhelming to navigate the online world, especially when it comes to platforms like Roblox and Discord. While children do not normally use Facebook, I know as a parent, I've been called a boomer because I use Facebook, but um, <clears throat> normally uh, young people don't use Facebook as frequently. It is important to be attentive uh, when you hear mentions of uh, words and uh, things such as Roblox, and when you hear Discord, um, these are the platforms that are popular amongst uh, younger users. Um, it is also crucial to stay informed and engaged in your child's online activities to ensure their safety and also their well-being. And um, I don't know, a lot of you uh, parents are really into uh, respect of their privacy and this, that, and the other, but I implore you, I encourage you. Um, there are times where you need to go into that room, look under the mattress, look under the bed, go through the drawers, um, the bathroom cabinets, uh, the closets, um, the bookshelves, um, the jackets, the, the pocket of the pants. Um, you know, they're, they're facing things that we never had to deal with. I mean, I remember um, I didn't even, I was in high school when one of my uh, classmates, he was a, a gothic kid. As a matter of fact, this, it, was, it was odd to us because um, he was of uh, Jamaican heritage. So it was weird to see um, all the Caucasian kids walking around with the long black coats. And then you saw... Um, a black kid <laughs> and he had on the long black coat and he hung out with all the goth kids. He painted his nails. Um, yeah, I, he lived around the, the, the neighborhood. I still live close to the neighborhood where, you know, I grew up and, um, I still, I saw his family not a few years back at one of, uh, my friend's party. And, uh, that kid ended up, um, in prison. Actually, he, <laughs> He was him and another uh, high school classmate. I wouldn't say friends. Like we knew them and we would, you know, if we saw them at a party or what have you, um, we'd say, hey, what's up? Give them a head nod, you know. But um, at the end of the day, they were um, a bunch of kids during a certain age. I don't know why these boys would do this, but they would go around and they would carjack. And I remember he, him, this gothic kid and his friend, they both carjacked um, this guy. Um, I don't know if he was a security guard or something to do with security or if he was a off-duty cop. It was something like that he did. And he said he was handing over the keys 
And all he saw was a pair of light eyes looking at him because this gothic kid, don't want to say his name, but um, he had uh, green eyes. Um, and he said all he saw a pair of light eyes point the um, weapon at him and discharge the weapon. That gentleman did survive, but he ended up in a wheelchair, changed his life forever. And uh, those two classmates of mine um, served time in prison, of course. One said it's the other one that pulled the trigger. And, um, you know, I, I visited them once. It's so weird. It's my uh, really good friend of mine, she had a crush <laughs> on the criminal. And so it was my first time ever going to a prison. And it was far away from us. So she was driving and she wanted me to tag along with her for company because she's never driven so far. And I remember we were like fresh out of high school. We were like, I graduated high school. I think I was like 16. I graduated early. So I was, you know, still in my teens. I think I was 17. She was like 18 or what have you. And we're, go no, she had to be my age because we're the same age, but she was in a grade below me. So anyway, we're driving like an hour and a half away from us. And um, so I, you know, I was her company and I remember crossing that bridge to get into the prison and I hear all the prisoners cat calling. I was so nervous. Wow, my stomach was doing butterflies. And I said, to her, when we went, we visited, I visited with him and it was so sad. Like I really wanted to cry because I'm like, this is someone I went to school with. This is someone from the neighborhood. And I cannot believe like he committed such a heinous crime to get him here. And I remember leaving, I told my friend, don't ever ask me to come back. Um, this is the most nerve wracking day of my entire life. The drive was forever. I thought we'd never get there. And to see him um, behind bars with people who, you know, have done heinous crimes, it was just awful. So, you know, as a parent, I implore you to keep an eye out, keep a watchful eye out for your kids and um, search their rooms. Wow, this privacy thing, you'll get privacy when you move out. <laughs> so I do have another short video to show. Um, it goes through some of the terms that you should familiarize yourself with as um, a caregiver for parents. And like I said, you don't even have to be a parent. If you have grandchildren, if you're an aunt, if you're an uncle, if you have ch children in your life, young kids, I mean, as, as young as fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, um, you know, coming up uh, from, you know, age 9, 10, 11, 12, coming all the way up, you really and truly need to um, know what is going on and what they're watching and always be vigilant. So um, go ahead and uh, we're going to roll this other video. It's a short video. I just want you to be familiar with some of the terms. Take a look. Hi there, this is Deputy Ian Campbell with the King County Sheriff's Office with the Sammamish PD. And today I'm here to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the recent swatting incidents that we've had in the city that also involve some social media. Uh, so what swatting is, if you don't know, it's when someone calls in potentially a fake emergency at an address or to a specific person uh, claiming that uh, they need immediate police attention for whatever reason, uh, uh, for, for uh, whatever emergency that they're reporting. Uh, what we've seen recently in the city is they're using an application more commonly called Discord. Um, if you don't know what Discord is, Discord is uh, a communication uh, application uh, used on iOS or Android uh, oftentimes uh, that allows gamers and other people to be able to talk to each other on individual servers or channels. Um, oftentimes, uh, gaming is uh, being used 
uh, while they're uh, doing the Discord servers. And uh, if someone is maybe angered by another gamer or um, something happens where uh, two people maybe don't like each other, uh, oftentimes these people can be doxxed. Um, doxxed uh, is short for dropping documents or finding information out about another individual. We're seeing this very common with um, social media, specifically with Discord. Um, so if you have a child uh, that is using uh, Discord, make sure to ask about that, make sure to, uh, Ask about what they're uh, viewing on Discord uh, as there's numerous different servers that you can connect to uh, and numerous different people that you can talk to on it. <laughs> All right. So um, just viewers, listeners, you know, these young folks today, they have access um, and way more temptations than um, that we did and um, they just have so much more to deal with than we ever had to. And these kids, they're sad, they're depressed, they're angry, they're overwhelmed, they're overloaded with information, and they just don't know what to do with all of this, all these emotions. So, you know, I hope this, um, you know, this opens discussions and it opens your eyes and it sparks conversations. And, you know, go ahead and spread the word, share my videos and, you know, um, don't hold on to it. It's, it's information. I try to be as informative and try to make sure that, um, you know, we build a strong ecosystem. Um, you know, let's find solutions. Let's start talking. That's the only way we can start dialogue and start talking so that we can find solutions for these young people. Hey, to my loyal family, uh, this is a Supernova Tosha show podcast. Um, listen, I can be heard on any of these apps such as Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, um, and even iHeartRadio. If you have a newer device, um, you may be able to pick it up on Google Podcasts. So the goal here for me is to be on the top 10 podcasts to listen to this. So please share, subscribe, um, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel and, and spread the word. I am so grateful for the time. Thank you so much for being attentive and I appreciate your presence. Be careful, be safe. And as they say in the islands, walk good, peace and be still.